You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Vavil UK's very own Newcastle United podcast, Tyne Warp. I'm your host, Harry Roy, and I'm joined by my fellow NUFC Vavil office writer, Dan Wright, for this one. We had a week off with the international break, so to quickly run through what's happened <laughs> since we last recorded a podcast, Newcastle scored a 90th minute goal against Southampton to go 2-1 up and still didn't win the game. The club signs nobody on deadline day. Steve Bruce was spotted on a Jet 2 plane to Portugal. And then a very interesting club statement came out about the lack of transfer business, which we'll get onto a bit later. And we had more takeover news. Great. Dan, I think we ought to start with Southampton first. Mm. It wasn't a great performance. It looked like they were going to win the game and then threw it away in typical Newcastle style in the 96th minute. Yeah, that performance was atrocious. Like It was arguably the worst one and it's the best result we've had. Yeah. And the the fact is, Southampton was so much worse than Villa and West Ham. They, they were pretty horrendous, and they were still by far the better team in the match. It That really worries me. Um, if we'd got the 2-1 win, which it looked like we were going to, that would have just massively papered over the cracks. I think the fact that there was you could hear booing and chance of Bruce out when it was nil-nil, and it wasn't an overreaction, it was genuinely that bad. That tells you all you need to know. We were just... It was the most sobering game I've been to in a long time and I've, I've watched Newcastle plenty. It was just... There was nothing to get excited about. I've got to say, it's the Whatsoever. first time I think this season as well that Steve Bruce has really had it off the fans at St James's. I know we've had it at the away games 
quite a bit. Not not as much maybe at the Villa game, but definitely in, in my home game against Southampton. At the end of the first half, lots of chances we won Bruce out, and it wasn't just a small minority. It was quite a lot by by the, the sounds of it. But like you said, it, it would have papered over the cracks because the performance was... It was awful. It was Southampton dominated us, and that's really worrying, I think, because mm-hmm. I had Southampton to be relegated as part of my early season prediction. I think they're one of the sides that have gone backwards this season. They haven't yeah. really improved their side, have they? And the fact that they've come up here, and I wouldn't say they played us off the park, but they dominated the game, deserved to win. And like you said, it's, it's sobering that you're yeah. one nil up with. I think it was three minutes added on, wasn't there, when Seth Maxwell scored the winner? Well, scored the winner, yeah. should I say. Um, <laughs> three minutes added on, and, and to still throw the game away and give away a penalty was unbelievable. I watched it again on, on Match of the Day, and Armstrong, he's, he's through on goal. I mean, it's a penalty, there's, there's no there's no doubt about mm. it, but the, the defending's so terrible. The, the pass-through, he's took out four of them, and Lascelles has just dove in last second. Yeah, being two one up and you don't deserve it. The one thing you think is just be tight, be just mm-hmm. be tight. Don't it's let only any three gap. It's it's less than that actually because you think the referee is probably not adding on all the time maximum spent in the crowd. Yeah, and then you give away a penalty two minutes later. It's it's just, you can't I can't believe it. Well, you can believe it. Well, That's you the can believe thing. it with, with this. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny because on Twitter when. Maxi scored. Everyone was going, St. Maxi's won it. And I was sitting there going, like, nah, there's no way we've won this game. They'll still manage yeah. to find a way to, to throw it. And they did. And to be fair, it, uh, it was probably a fair result in the end. Uh, Southampton well, will, probably, will probably feel aggrieved, to be honest. Yeah. Like they, they'll, they'll feel they should have should have won yeah, the game, definitely. to be honest. I don't want to dwell on, on this much longer. I'm sure you're the same as well. <laughs> I think Southampton will still be down there, to be honest, like you're saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought they were pretty, pretty poor. They weren't on our level of being bad, but the no. fact that they dominated the game, and I can't think of too many times where they had opportunities to to go ahead in the match. Well, other than Jeanette that... Bowe missing it from like two yards out. <laughs> oh, yeah. The season. oh yeah, Jesus, forgot about that. But yeah, they were really quite ordinary, and the fact that we were getting outdone by teams like that, when we've got Man U away yeah. coming next, it makes you really, really worried. The thing is, I don't know whether I'm alone on this now, but I have zero expectations for this lot this season. I don't know whether it's just a mixture of the, the awful start of the season, the lack of transfer business, and, and Bruce Steen still being the manager at this club, despite another run of awful results. I just feel that it's like, I expect them to go down. If they don't, yeah. I'll be surprised. And that's like really sad, what we three games in the season already. Yeah. like Newcastle no, won, like the I'm most pessimistic fan base probably in the Premier League. We all know why. Uh, but most teams and fan bases, I would say, out of the rest of them, are all pretty optimistic of what they're going to see this season. Newcastle fans are already fed up, and we've got to go to Old yeah. Trafford. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo's making his debut, so it can only yeah. get better. I don't want to dwell on it too much. Like I said, club statement was a was an interesting one, wasn't it, Dan? So the transfer Jesus. window, transfer deadline day was pretty non-existent, other than Santiago Munoz signed, which I still can't believe actually happened. I thought it was a load of rubbish. We talked on this, I think it was about a month ago now, and we said, nah, there's no way this is actually going to happen. It, <laughs> it, it has. He's joining the under-23s. All the best to him. If we see him in the first team, brilliant. Might be another ah, Jose Perez. That's what I always think when like we bring a, a player in from yeah, abroad yeah. and they come at the 23s at first, you go, maybe this is just going to work like Perez did. But all the best to him. Uh, that's the only signing that Newcastle made on deadline day, and it was technically a loan deal as well. Really disappointing. 
we heard talk on the morning of deadline day Hamza Chowdhury from Leicester a long term target for the club was somewhat close to signing that came from Luke Edwards then it got quashed an hour later the club came out apparently and briefed journalists and said look we're done for business and we heard a whole host of rumours didn't we that Steve Bruce was like trying to sign Mm. players on his own it seemed very much it was the club versus Bruce on deadline day Uh, Bruce was pushing for players the club seemed happy and then we seen him go on a flight to Portugal which I think most people on Twitter at first thought nah this, this, that's definitely an old photo no he'd, he'd actually had gone on holiday and then Newcastle brought out a, a club statement which can be read in many ways I'm not gonna like sit and read a, a club statement to you on this podcast I'm sure if you listen to it you will have read it by now but I took the impression from it that it was the club really throwing Bruce under the bus I just thought the way that they worded it and kind of said, look, when we signed Joe Willock, everybody who, like involved at the club knew that this was probably the last bit of business we were going to do. And regardless of that, Bruce was still telling media that he was after a couple more players. Mm. So that says to me it was a bit of a stitch-up, I thought, on, on Bruce's behalf. I don't think he'd be happy with this, and I don't think this is the end of this saga between him and the club. No, I mean, where to start with all that? Absolute nonsense from the club oh, yet again. I mean... Yeah. The statement, like, I'll be honest, I'll take your word for it. I read the first two sentences, uh, two paragraphs, sorry, and, and gave up. I, was I don't like, I'm blame not, you. I'm not, sit- I'm not sitting for reading that. And then I, I would go on Twitter and see people are kicking off, well, not kicking off, pointing out the fact that it hasn't got a name attached to it. And I'm like, yeah, that, we, we want communication. That's one thing that we've criticised the club for over the years. But it, this is communication for communication's sake. And yeah. if you're not putting a name to it, it's almost saying, yeah, we know this is embarrassing. And what I don't get is, Steve, was it Steve Bruce who said in his press conference Newcastle went against their own transfer policy and did instalments with, for Willock? Yes, he did. So, so how have we spent the whole transfer budget on Joe Willock? Uh, I mean, let's so say they're paying it over five years, if it's 25 million add-ons, so it's five million. They've got, I think they got six million for Adam Armstrong off Southampton as part of a... Yeah. So that's not cost them any money this year. They've probably got a few million for Muto, maybe a few million for Lejeune. Might be a bit generous, that, but they're certainly off the wage bill. Oh, yeah, they've and it's... cleared about 180 grand off, I think, haven't they? A week off the yeah. wage bill. Yeah, and w- Willick will not be on 180 grand no, a week, so be. I just don't get why there wasn't enough money for a few loan deals. Like, I, it's it's mind-boggling. Like, if Bruce... Like, I don't want him here, but you've you, there's times where you have felt, a little I bit... Felt of sim- from, I fell from. Of course, course, because... Yeah. Like the Hamza Charity one, it seems like he's a player that dis- he's had cross words with Bruce before, hasn't he? About the Matt Ritchie thing. Yeah. But for whatever reason, Bruce seems like he's always determined to bring him in. And you think, how can we're judging Bruce? And sometimes, fair enough, because the football's turgid, but he can't bring in any of the players he wants. It's the same problems, really, that, that Rafa had. And we all obviously got behind him. And it's like, yeah. there's no manager that can do any better than a 12th, 13th place finish at this football club at the minute, under the current regime, because they don't care about trying to get in the top 10. They just don't care. And as inept as Steve Bruce is, I'm sure he himself would love to try and challenge to get Newcastle in the top 10, but he's just not been given the tools to do so. You're completely right, mate. I just think that... I don't know how the board of sorry, should I say, Lee Charnley and Mike Ashley... How can they, after them first three games, look at that squad and go, "Nah, we don't need, we don't need any more players." Yeah, and that's three games when you've got an injury to your your best striker in Callum Wilson, mm-hmm. 
you've got Ryan Fraser limping out of international duty. You've got St. Maximin, who's... He's going to play half the games, isn't he? Yeah. He's not 100% yet. He's always, always had sort of, always got a little bit here, a little bit here, but then, and he missed a lot of pre-season with illness. And it's like, we are two injuries away from having a bang average championship team, really. Oh, absolutely. Well, Callum Wilson's not playing at the weekend, as far as we're aware. So it's going to yeah. be Joe Linton up front. Almiron's going to be missing because uh, of quarantine rules. Fraser's got a, a boot on his leg. So then, all of a sudden, the midfield was was really weak before. It's got worse. And loaning out Matty Longstaff as well, very, very bizarre. I thought that would have been <laughs> another proviso that maybe he was going to get Chowdhury in. I don't think they would have let Matty go if... That way, if he well, wasn't getting somebody else, in. you'd think so because does, does is Matty still under the age where he wouldn't need to be registered either? So he wouldn't have taken up a yeah. he wouldn't have took up a squad space. Yeah, twenty one. I I think he's one of our. I mean, I, I remember speaking on a podcast just after the end of the season, saying we needed a complete overhaul of the midfield. Absolutely, and we've we've got the same midfield that we finished the season with with less depth. It's it's mental. Like the midfield is such a weak area of our squad. Look at the games that we've seen; it just gets bypassed completely, and it's we're just it's not good enough for the Premier League. It's we're relying on the two players or two or three players at the top end of the pitch to do enough to keep us in the division, and those players have tendencies to get injuries. So we have got to be one of the favourites to go down at the minute. Well, after that Southampton game, obviously very disappointed in the, the manner that we drew the game. But it once again, it was a kind of resonated in my mind of who are Newcastle going to beat this season? Because they've got, I mean, we were nigh on full strength there, Wilson, St. Maximin, all of our yeah. like, top players were playing and we got we got bossed at home off Southampton, who are going to be down there this season, barring they go yeah. to West Ham run, which I just, I just don't see happening. It's it's going to be a, it's going to be a struggle, but one thing that, that just continues to pop up all the time is this takeover. Sick of talking about it on here, but I'm going to have to bring it up once again. We had a somewhat promising update on Company's House this week. I don't know whether you've whether you've seen this, Dan, but it was a... No, when you sent the note and there was like, takeover, I was like, what? Have I missed something? So just you tell me what it's all about. Uh, well, and I'll, I'll try to. Well, it was Company's House update. It was a company called NCUK Investment Limited. It was set up by PIF. Uh, NCUK investment seems to be like the, I think it's, I don't know how to really describe it, but it's like the facilitator for the purchase of the club, mm-hmm. which if, if it was to happen, that's what they would use. That's been changed to a corporation sole instead of a nice. sovereign wealth fund. So they've, they've, I think this is trying to get around the whole entities thing, which is the reason mm. why PIF have not been able to buy the club. And then we heard something else, which uh, this name popped up, Mukesh Ambani, an Indian businessman. He's the richest man in India, uh, worth, according to this man on Twitter, $95.4 billion, which, of course, is like way more than anybody else in the Premier League bar Man City. Uh, I thought this was quite interesting because I heard from quite a good source a couple of years ago that there was an Indian consortium interested in buying the club. Obviously, nothing's really advanced on that since the whole PIF thing took off, but it's certainly something to, to keep your mind on. And Barney himself was on a boat. He was on PIF's boat with Amanda Stavely as well, so there's links to that as well. There's lots of things that, that could happen. But once again, this takeover's popped up, Dan. I'm sure I'm under the same impression as you here as I'll believe it when I see it, and just less talk, more action, please. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, like, I think, I, I don't know about you, but I kind of had, for a while, it was like, oh, this PIF takeover looks so perfect in every way. We're going to be, yeah. be able to challenge. But seeing the dre- dreadful start of the season and how unequipped the manager's been, just anything now, like anything We're desperate, with ambition. Yeah. I say not anything, obviously it can be worse, but like like you say, this Indian bloke or whatever, yeah, like it sounds good. It sounds brilliant when you say $95 billion. It's a... Yeah, of course, yeah. But yeah, who knows? This is uh, the... One positive is I think this is the first time that we know for a fact that Mike Ashley is, is desperate to sell the club. I think more than ever now, and especially after that start mm-hmm. of the season, because I don't think results are going to pick up either. Next two games are as close to a write-off for me, to be honest. Because Man United, we're going to it'll be a miracle if we don't lose four, five nil. Leeds are just going to run rings around us because we don't look fit enough. That's another thing we haven't brought up as well: the fitness levels of these players. It's yeah, not good, definitely not good enough. They you don't want enough. to be playing Leeds this early in the season when you no. just when you look like you need and you have a few weeks pre-season, but. The only thing about Leeds is they're going to put a lot of they'll put a lot of bodies forward, won't they? So we've got half a chance of catching them in the counter attack if Sit Maxman's fit. And, but we've got to score, and able. if Wilson ain't playing, I'm not yeah. confident. It's it, as you can tell got... by the, the tone of the podcast. <laughs> it it's been a dire few weeks. We are in desperate need of a miracle, and could that come on Saturday? I very much doubt it. But we've not won. We've won. <laughs> sorry, we've won at Old Trafford once. Since 1972, Johan Kabai's winner nine years ago. Uh, I think we're praying for similar scenes on Saturday. It is Manchester United away, and all the eyes aren't going to be on Steve Bruce. They aren't going to be on Newcastle, and they're not really going to be on Manchester United. They're going to be on one man, and, and that man is Cristiano Ronaldo. He is back at Old Trafford. Uh, uh, to be honest, I must say, it's it's a brilliant move for the Premier League. It's great to have Ronaldo back uh, in England's top flight. 36 or not, he's still one of the best players in the world. And, of course, of course, he's making his debut against Newcastle. Whether he's going to be on the bench or not remains to be seen. I do hope he is on the bench. But the task was already difficult enough playing Man United. It is going to be even harder now with... Ronaldo in the fold. Yeah, it's it's just it's a thankless task for Steve Bruce because you could if we get beat three or four nil, which I personally think we will, it's going to get toxic towards him in that way and very quickly when yeah. he's not necessarily the he's he's a problem. Don't get me wrong, I'm, I don't like the man's management skills, but he's not the problem that we need to be angry at. And no, it's it's just so frustrating that we're going into a game and we haven't got a chance like there's teams you look at teams that you'd like to think we could compete with your Leicester Cities your West Ham's and you think they they go to Old Trafford they probably they know it's going to be a hard game but they're thinking we might have half a chance of nicking something we're going there thinking oh it'd be nice to keep it under four no, like, no. it's just it's so soul destroying but Another sold out away, and I'm sure everyone will just go for a good time. Like, it's well, that's just, the thing. I'm, I'm going. The down. football's very much secondary. We're, we're both going to the game, and we, we, no one actually cares about the match in that away end. It's, it's all about the outs <laughs> and going to Old Trafford. It, it, like we said, it, it's gonna be, it's gonna be extremely difficult. A miracle, even if we score a goal there on Saturday. Never mind win or, or get a point. But how can we beat them? Is it very much park the bus, hit them on the break, and take our only chance, or can we go there? 
and go toe to toe with Man United because Southampton arguably did do that and, and come away with a point. I don't, I don't think we can go toe to toe with them at all, especially not at Old Trafford. I think it's the one game where everyone wants to move to the back four. I, I think you'd keep the same system this time round, but and maybe even change it slightly. So instead of your Jacob Murphy, maybe you start Mankio and maybe you start Lewis on the left. I think as well as back in training, if he's if he's up to it, I'd start Paul Dummett in the heart of the defence. I think he's our best defender, I think. I agree, yeah. Like, Lascelles has just looked so off the pace this season, it's untrue. He's already given away two penalties. He looks an absolute liability. So I think he should come out for Dummett, if, if Dummett's fit, obviously. And yeah, just try and not lose everything in the midfield. I think, hopefully, is Hayden back? I know he was touch and go for Southampton. I think, so you'd like I think to, he will be. You'd like he to think, touch yeah. And go. He should be back. So you'd like to think Hayden's there, Willock will obviously be there, and I think Longstaff will play alongside him. I think that's a midfield that we saw a few times towards the back end of last season, and it seemed to work. It got the best out of Willock. Um, Longstaff started having a few better games, and obviously Hayden's just there for the defensive side of things, which is all he's really good at, and he, he's a useful asset in that area. It, yeah, basically, I can go through all the tactics you want, but we just need to be very, very lucky. It's got to be which, our day. It's, it's <laughs> simple as that, isn't it? It's got to be our day. When especially was the last time Wilson. we had any luck, really? Well, that's the thing, especially without Wilson. Because the one, if, if Callum Wilson was playing, I would go there with some hope of, you know, if we just defend really well here, we've got a man up front who will put the ball yeah. in the back of the net nine times out of ten. We don't have that. It's probably going to be Joe Linton up front with St Maxi. The, the onus is going to be on our on our magic Frenchman to... Yeah. Try and pull us out the shit, basically. I mean, I'm still scarred from my trip to Old Trafford a few seasons ago, t- going two 0 oh, up inside ten minutes, and like still losing. I've never, I've never seen in a way, and just like it was almost the second celebration of second goal was almost like what? On j- earth no one knew like, what yeah, was going on. Yeah. Like it wasn't like everyone was just going absolutely mental. It was people just turning each other like, what on earth is going on? And then it kind of clocked on that you're two 0 up, and everyone's jumping all over the place. And then yeah, oh. Yeah, that was one of the lowest I felt leaving the stadium. <laughs> Thing is, as soon as they scored the first one, it was like, no, exactly what's going to happen. Oh, it was they'll inevitable. Lose, they'll lose 3-2, simple as that. I'd genuinely rather get beat 8-0 than go through that again. <laughs> genuinely. Same, same. The midfield's an interesting one. I expect it'll be Sean Longstaff and Hayden as the holding mids. And I think Willock will play a bit higher. Do you think that as well? With I don't think Armouron's going to play. And to be honest, I wouldn't start him. I think he's been... Bang average the first three games and, no, and yeah. Fraser's obviously got a, got a boot on his foot, so he's got no chance. I, I don't know. I think is it is it a FIFA ban or something because the it's, Premier League didn't yeah. let him go. It's, well, it's the, but, well, the Brazilian stuff's all a bit crazy. Have you seen that? Brazilian FA have like, banned players from playing in the Premier League at the weekend because of quarantine rules. So Fred can't play for Man United, which to be honest, oh, they'll see that as an that advantage. is a shame. Well, exactly, yeah. I'd rather but, like, play. What like? Authority to the Brazilian FA have over the Premier League. Do you see them? No, it's not even. Isn't it not the Brazilian FA? I'm sure it's the health officials because the oh, the, the ones pitch, that wandered on the pitch, the pitch to, <laughs> to deport them. Oh, what a mad quality. world! What a mad world! I can't see them doing that at Old Trafford, though. So I mean, no, or well, Anfield or whatever. They'll probably Brazilians just turn play. up to see Ronaldo. To be honest, like like the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, yeah, you're right. Miggy shouldn't be playing in centre midfield, and if you line up with. Almiron in the centre midfield at Old Trafford, you're asking for trouble, really. <laughs> but he's either going to lose the ball really deep or just yeah. be up front and not really creating anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there was a. When. Last season, when Jones first came in as a, as assistant, we played a, 
system was sort of like split. Was it split strike, it as was, he called it? It was a four. A diamond sort of thing? It was a four, four, two diamond, wasn't it? So it was like Hayden yeah. at the bottom. Then it was Shelby and Willock. And then it was yeah. Armour on. And then the two, St. Maxime and Wilson. It worked yeah. really well, but it kind of just, just went back to five and, and we're naturally. That's the only time since Rafa left that we've seen Almiron do what he has potential to do because he was getting the ball high up. And he was driving, and he had freedom to drive of it without. And if he lost it, he lost it in the final third. But he he, he can't play centre midfielder. It's not the lad's fault, really, that yeah. he's been played out of position. But he looks completely lost. And yeah, if he is banned, it's not the end of the world because I wouldn't play him anyway. Well, the thing is, Rafa. I think he brought him in and played him on the left wing, didn't he? It was, that attack was Rafa. It was uh, Armour on the Rondon left. Perez. Rondon Perez front three. Jones played him as an attacking midfielder, but he's just lost in this formation. This is why I really, really don't like this 5-3-2 or however, whatever way you want to look at it. Because I just mm-hmm. think it isolates a lot of our best players and it just gives them no chance to get into the side. Like I know Fraser's had a really, really tough time with injury and he's been in and outside, but you can't ask him to play centre mid. I'm sorry, he's five foot four. He's a quick, <laughs> he's ridiculous. a winger. He's a quick winger. He ain't a centre mid. Miggy ain't a central midfielder. He's an attacker mid or, or a, a winger. It's crazy. I'm playing St. Maximan as a striker. He's not a striker. He's a winger. That's... Oh, it's, oh, it's club and fury. So <laughs> the fact is, right, going to Old Trafford on Saturday regardless. So they've got me by the balls. I've got you by the balls. So <laughs> I think we've got to end this podcast. It's... Uh, we had quite a few things lined up. First of all, Alex was supposed to turn up, so I don't know where he is. Then we've <laughs> had our Man United uh, for Vavil. Brad was going to come and join us, but unfortunately he's ill, so he can't come on. It's all been a bit of a bit of a mess uh, this podcast, so hopefully it's not been too bad for you to listen to. I'm hoping we've got through the majority. I think we have. To be honest, there's not really a lot gone on other than the inevitable. So the last thing we've got to do is score predictions. <laughs> Dan, you've got the honour of going first, mate. Right, I'll, I'll go three nil. I feel that's like uh, to Manchester United, obviously. That that's quite optimistic, I guess. I'm gonna go four nil to United, but I'm not gonna say which one. So you, you just have to find out. <laughs> that's another thing that'll piss me off. That all the commentators calling Manchester United United. Oh uh, well, so we've got some car parking booked for the game on Saturday. We had to go through the club to sort it. I got a I got an email and it says here, "Hello, Harry." Important information about your United versus Newcastle car park. That's horrible. United, <laughs> it's like they're trying to wind us up before I've even turned up. And it's worked as well. <laughs> it's worked. Yeah. Anyways, buzzing for all traffic on Saturday. There's gonna be there's gonna be three thousand daft mags travelling down. Gonna have a good day out regardless and, and hopefully three thousand morons. Three thousand absolute <laughs> Of idiots. which I am one. <laughs> yes, and I am one as well. Uh, so hopefully we can somehow pull off the result of the decade and beat them don't see it happening but one thing with Newcastle is never write them off because they will surprise you at times but this has been Time Warp brought to you by Vavil UK make sure you do check out our website for our comprehensive coverage of Newcastle United as well as our Premier League content our AFL content from us two lads thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you all next time Sports Social Podcast Network with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.